You are listening to Her House, a candid conversation about real estate, finance, and other confusing millennial topics with your hosts, Haley Lenz and Chrissy Heller. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Anyway, how's your week been going? Um, My week's been good. Joey's been out of town. He went to Nashville for work. So I'm like solo with the kids. And um, it's just, gosh, it is, let me tell you, tough, you know? I don't know how you do it with two. Like that seems like a lot of work. Do you guys have a schedule or how do you plan out when he goes on a trip or you have something coming up? I mean, sometimes I'll need to ask for help. Usually I can manage. It's just like, for example, tomorrow, I have to be ready to go by the time the kids are ready to go to drop them off at school and go straight to a meeting. So like those days, I've never ran a marathon, but I imagine it feels something like that. Like it's just because so I wake up like this morning, I woke up at 430 so I can work out and working out's like not relaxing to me if the kids could wake up during it. Like that's my time. So I have to wake up I could wake up later and like they might sleep till 630, but they might not. And I just can't risk them taking that time from me. So I have to wake up early and then also get myself semi-ready so that when they wake up, I can do that. So it's just, it's just like there's no break in your day. And also just having Joey around and having like adult conversation, like during the time they're home after school is just, you know. I should not take that for granted because it's really nice. (laughs) What time do your kids wake up normally? So that is what like annoys me about kids is they're so like mine are so not regular. So like they could sleep until 630, but sometimes they're up, you know, gray will be up sometimes at 530. Like a good day for us is 615, but I'm fine if gray wakes up at 530 if he's steady about it, but he's not. So then you're just like, you know, this morning I had some extra time and I'm sitting there trying to relax, but you know, you're not because you're like, when, when, when's this time going to be done? You know, like you're just racing to get through everything because you don't know. And like today he slept till 630. So, you know, it's just like, they're like, my kids are not. Yeah. I mean, like my daughter is obviously not predictable at night. Like, you know, this I'm up with her. But she's kind of predictable in the morning, so that's why I was curious. But, like, last week, she was up at, like, 5.30, 6 a.m. But, like, now, last night, she's kind of gone back to normal. And what's super annoying is, like, you know, every night my husband and I are switching off in terms of, like, who takes care of her, which, thank you, that was your suggestion. I'm like, how are you not switching off? It's just not healthy. Like, you need to, like go to bed knowing like some nights you're getting a good night's sleep, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, the problem was like, this started like long ago and I just never corrected it. Right. Anyway, we of course corrected it. But the problem is when he watches her, she sleeps from like 6.30 PM to like 4.30 and then she'll wake up for a little bottle at 4.30 and then go back to bed until seven. So it's kind of nice because then we like will wake up kind of around that time anyway. And then I have like three hours. But when I watch her in the night, she wakes up at 11, she wakes up at like two, she wakes up at four. And I'm just like, does she know when it's my yeah. night? Oh yeah, I, I swear can, they know. I think she can feel my energy. I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just, it's so not fair. And like, 
Gray is definitely like a mama's boy, which is so sweet and I love it. But right now I can't put him down. And so when Joey's gone, getting things done is like impossible because I'm like, I have to put you down, dude. Like I've got to make your lunch. And he's just like, eh, eh. and I'm like, ah. you know, can you put him back in like the, um, whatever, the carrier? Maybe, maybe I should try the carrier. He just seems so big for that now, but maybe I should try it. Because you can like do forward facing now too. Oh yeah. Carrying him around. It's like up to 45 pounds. Maybe I should try that. Yeah, because we're going to, you're going to Tahoe next. Mm -hmm. Or no, you're going to Tahoe in two days. Yep. And then I'm going the following week. And so we always usually, when we travel, I'll take Gray in the carrier um, and then Lola can walk now. So it's nice. We don't need to bring a stroller on the plane, but I don't know. He's so big. Maybe Joey's going to have to take him. I don't know. He only like just recently beefed up too. Like I've been carrying around like a 26 pound. No, I know. I, I should not complain to you. <laughs> Did you take her to the doctor yet? Tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. You're going to have to let me know. Yeah. Anyway, outside of kids, I did see that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer came out Oh today. my gosh. You know, I got sent that reel via Instagram. I'm I'm not lying to you, like, by 18 people. I'm like, okay, this is not good. I'm, like, literally only putting out Bravo energy. Like, no one's sending me anything else but this, you know. You did post about your Real Housewives tagline though on Instagram so which I think was, people are catching that vibe so yeah. Andy if you ever have a Real Housewives of Scottsdale or Arcadia or PV you got your girl I know Would, do you have a tagline no I've literally never thought about that in my life I'm a fan but I don't like I feel like I'm not I don't think that I'm going to be on the show so I don't need a tagline okay let's be clear I, I don't I'm not like if I want to be like married still I'm not going on that show I think Joey would be like hell no but what was my tagline it was like I've got the keys to all the houses in this city but I also wait oh no I hold the key to people's houses and this town's at best kept secrets I mean sizzle like that is like a real one yeah. like speaking of though I'm almost nervous for BravoCon. I was talking to Chris about this yesterday. Like, how will I act in front of these people? I now feel I'm concerned because, like, to me, they're, like, celebrities, but they're not really – like, I'm not, like – I can't I can't act like a, a crazy fan. Yeah, so we're going to BravoCon, which tickets were extremely hard to get, and so we're going. But, yes, that's why, like, there were some meet-and-greet things that seem cool, but I just know myself and I'm like, I'm not going to enjoy that because I'm just going to freeze up. Like, cause to me they are, I would, I would much rather meet Paige DeSorbo over like Brad Pitt any day, any day. Like what do I have to do with Brad Pitt? Like, eh, whatever. Like Paige DeSorbo, we have things to chat about, you know, however, push came to shove. Like if I was in front of her, I would just freeze. Well, that, so that's what my worry is. To me, it's not like this is like a movie star where you're like, oh, let me get a picture. I'm like, oh, these are real people that I really admire that I'm like, yeah. oh, can we be friends? But now I'm so awkward. What will I say? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, lucky for us, we can have a few drinks and 
you know, who knows what could happen. We're going to need it. Yeah, we're going to need it. But yeah, but anyways, the trailer looks extremely good. I just hope they don't like not bring the drama for like, I feel like sometimes like they push it off for like four episodes and I'm like, just come on, come on. Yeah, no, I mean, they're going to wait it out. Right. They brought back the cameras way after filming. So we're probably going to have to wait until like episode 20. Right. But anyway, since you are a real estate agent and they have some amazing homes, tell me whose house would you love to sell and why on Beverly Hills? Okay. So let me go through their houses. Dorit has like the Studio City, like very farmhousey house. Yes. Garcelle, where does she live? I don't know where she lives, but it kind of looks like it's in like a subdivision. Definitely. Like, you know, probably like a DR Horton vibe. Yes. Yep. A little nicer. But- Erica's in a rental, so can't sell that one. Yeah. I was thinking though, you know, it's funny, her $750,000 earrings could buy her a lovely home somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah, but I don't think she vibes with the Midwest. No, but I'm just. Just throwing it out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually, I think she might live in Hancock Park. And one of my favorite houses I sold when I lived there was this house in Hancock Park. And like, I sold much, much bigger houses when I was there and got to work on them. But there was something so charming about this little house. And it had the pool in the back. And I was like, this is where I'd want to live. It was my favorite house um, that I ever got to work on there. And it kind of reminds me of her rental. It's like nothing grand. But sometimes those houses are the best. Yeah, just the cute. And then you have Kyla Mauricio's, which is obviously gorgeous. And then Sutton's is pretty good too. I don't I, I guess I'll need to see how she finally finished it. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't quite finished last season. No. It, it just I feel like it was one of those houses that, you know, great job she remodeled it, but I didn't think it looked great. It didn't have it didn't seem like it had great bones to begin with. To make right. the remodel really stand out. Yep. And then, okay, so did Crystal? I get them all? Oh, oh Crystal. Ooh. She got that beautiful Mediterranean. And she just redid the basement. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to go for Kyle and Mauricio's. Although I bet you Crystal's is in the best location. I bet you she's like Beverly Hills proper. I don't know for sure, but it just seems like it. Um, but Kyle and Mauricio's, I mean... Just that yard. I mean, it, although Crystal's is good too, but I just got to go Kyle and Mauricio's. Oh, yeah, I feel like I like their driveway, the circular drive, the gate. Yeah. It's just all, but yet it still feels homey, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think their house is absolutely gorgeous. I love a little checkerboard entryway. Oh, their backyard is absolutely insane. I love just that style too. Like I very much love like father of the bride style kind of house yes. and that has that but on an even more grand scheme and it just gives elegance without I love a home that like is big and luxury but kind of looks humble mm-hmm. you know what I mean like Crystal's house looks like a mansion and Kyle's looks still like hey this is a big house but we're humble mm-hmm. you know I love that Okay, so if you were to have to choose between all of theirs, but Erica's old house. Ooh, no, 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 (laughs) definitely not Erica's old house. I mean, that was just like, no. I mean, the interior wasn't my vibe. I did like the exterior, though, and the the land that it was on was really nice. Yeah, I mean, the land was nice, but I think that's one of those houses that I'm talking about. Like, it just looks grand, and it's just like, okay, yes, this is a big house. 
I have a question for you. Of all the Bravo, like, do you watch Million Dollar Listing, Los Angeles? Okay. Who would you hire from that show to be your agent? Tracy. Really? Okay. Absolutely. Why? By the way, Tracy, if you ever are listening, we would absolutely love to have you on. <laughs> Just going to throw it out there. Um, because she just like gets shit done. She is like, to me, she will give like the best deal to her client. She'll walk you through it in the best way. She won't have an ego about it, which I feel like the guys kind of have an ego. And I mean, who's going to hire Josh Flagg? He just seems like he doesn't do anything. Okay. So weirdly, I have you seen Josh Flagg in a negotiation? That's the energy you need. I I think I see your point about Tracy, like through the sales process, but in a negotiation, Josh Flagg, I hate to say it, is killing Tracy. Like he is winning in that negotiation. He does negotiation. like a lazy negotiation, but yes, he does win in the negotiation, but he, he does it in just like a... He gives that vibe, but he doesn't. And I also weirdly like people who come from money and don't really need to work, but do. I feel like there's a different hustle behind them. Not obviously there's a great hustle behind people that really do need to work, but all of them are doing just fine now. But you know who I think I'd go with? Heather Altman. Oh. Because you know she's the brains behind all Josh is doing. Like she's really getting everything done. And she just has such an ease about her and a confidence. I'd go Heather. I see what you're saying. I feel like I've, I've watched Heather grow up on the show, like from the beginning when she was Madison's assistant. And so I, I can't even really see her in that light as like a top agent because I still, right. even though she's there, it's like in my mind, she's like, oh, Madison's assistant that started dating Josh. Oh, interesting. You know? Yeah, weird. I don't, I kind of forgot about Madison. I mean, definitely would not be hiring him, I gotta say. Although if he wants to come on the podcast, I'll have him too. <laughs> He might be our best shot. But seriously, Tracy, yeah. call us. Well, it was weird. It's just you don't think that these people are actually working. But when I was working in LA, like they had listings and it's just like you could just call them and they pick up the phone. And it's odd, but they're just working in real estate and then do a show on the side. So when you see them at BravoCon, how are you going to act? Okay, I saw Josh Flagg at, you know, FBR, the golf tournament in Scottsdale like, oh gosh, seven years ago. And I was like, Josh, Josh. Um, but I was like younger and had, you know, no filter at that time. Um, I would, I feel like that wouldn't, I think they'd be easy to talk to of all of them. Would you say that, oh, I'm an Asian in Arizona. Like, would you try to make that connection or would you just be like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm a fan. I think I'd have to make that connection, right? Like I'd have to get a photo, you know? I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'd have to make that connection. But like, cool, you know, I'd be like, cool. And then they'd be like, oh, you know. And hey, I've, you know, we're working on a few listings they might be interested in, you know. I can just like kind of slide that their way. Hey, give me a follow on Instagram. I've got some, you know, listings you might want to check out. You never yeah. know. Well, Tracy did have that one in Paradise Valley a few years mm -hmm. ago. Yep. See, I think it's back on the market I saw yesterday. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone else I was talking to, like Josh Altman, like had an event here. And, and you know, who's also moving here. My friend told me, um, Tarek and Heather from Selling Sunset. Oh, I actually think I knew that as well. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Like this area is 
what you know, I follow a lot of like the just real estate investors in general, and they all live in our some in our neighborhood, but like in that this like metro area in general. This is a very popular place for you know the the real estate folk to live. I know. Well, it's wild, but yeah, very so that cool. would be cool. Yeah. So, um, I know the other thing that we wanted to talk about that came up. Um, is that I saw this article yesterday and it was about the Airbnb CEO basically saying that Airbnbs need to lower their prices and that, you know, people need to kind of like come back to reality because Airbnb is not making money and, you know, they make money on the booking. They don't necessarily make it on the price that you pay. And it made me think, I know we talked about one of your Airbnb stories a few weeks ago, but I know you have more like, that first wild story didn't deter you away from Airbnb. So I'd love to hear like what happened the second time around. Yeah. So I don't know why that didn't deter us to be honest, but well, I guess it kind of did in a way. So we bought an investment house with um, friends of ours and um, it was a really good one because I think, and this is where, where Airbnbs are probably struggling a little bit. And we luckily got out of that one, but we thought it was a really good one because, you know, Airbnb only gives you the little circle. And if you're, if you live over here, as is like a lot of areas, you can be in a great area and then you go two blocks over and you're not. And so this one was like kind of right on the cusp and it was but really centrally located close to freeways. So we were like, this is great because if you look at the circle, it looks like we're in a great spot. And it wasn't like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like bad. It just wasn't like the prime spot to be. So we're like, this will do great. And so we end up renting it to actually a company that was going to manage the rental for us. So essentially they paid us a set rate every month. Um, and then they got to they got to Airbnb it. So we kind of took ourselves out of the management. And then it was nice to just have guaranteed money. So we're like, some months we might make less, but it's just guaranteed and we're happy with this income. So it, this was during COVID. And we're, you know, just we don't really do anything with it because this company's managing the whole thing. And I get a call because I had repped, obviously us when we purchased it. And I get a call from a neighbor and she's like, I found your information on the MLS basically. And do you know the owners? And I'm like, well, crap, I am an owner, but I'm just like being casual about it. And I'm like, and maybe I wasn't even a true owner. It might've been before we got married. So Joey was on it. I can't remember, but I'm like, Oh, what's going on? Basically, because COVID was going on, all the clubs and everything were closed. So this house was made into a club. People were lining up. They were taking covers. I mean, it was this whole thing. One night we drove by and saw it. There was cups everywhere. I mean, these poor neighbors, like they really were destroying the street. It was like, it was insane. It was like Vegas out there. And so basically we had to evict them and they were probably dealing drugs there um, based on like some things that were happening, very nice cars in the driveway. It was just bizarre. And so now we are, that was the end of it. We're like, get us out of this, get us out of Airbnbs. Just like fool, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Correct. So shame on us. The interesting thing, what you're saying about 
the CEO saying you need to raise prices is I think a lot of these issues are coming up because two reasons. One, I think during COVID, property managers could really up the price because you couldn't stay at a hotel. So they were like, okay, I want to get away. I'll do this. Also, I think people like, for example, us in the summer, sometimes we lowered our rates. And then what happened, what we talked about in the first episode, we got people that didn't respect our property because we lowered them too much. And so if I did it again, my mindset would be, I'd rather have more vacancy and a higher rate than having full vacancy at this lower level where maybe people aren't taking care of the property. So I feel like they're seeing both ends of that. And of course it doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you go to a hotel with room service and everything and pay the same price as an Airbnb where you have to take out your own trash? Yeah. That brings up a good point. I actually was listening to somebody that works at AirDNA and AirDNA is the company that kind of like basically takes all of the Airbnb data and then spits it out to somebody that might be like a prospective or is an Airbnb operator and just says, okay, this is, you know, how much on average per night you get in this area and gives you some other analytics. But anyway, the person that um, works for AirDNA was talking about how right now people are, they still have, Airbnb still has a really big market share and it is growing in terms of like the, the travel segment of lodging, but they are seeing people go back to hotels. And we had talked about this too. Like I agree, Airbnb has way too many rules. A lot of them you'll go to the place that you're staying and they've got this whole booklet of rules. It's yeah. Like, I am paying you and I'm paying a cleaning fee. I don't want exactly. To- yeah. You need to start the dishwasher. You need to do this. You need to do that. Yeah. It makes no sense. So I think that's one thing. And then what he was also saying is that the properties that are doing well are the really high end properties because people still will pay the premiums for that versus like the mid tier is just kind of that's where your hotel makes up for it, you know? Exactly. No, that makes perfect sense. And I mean, I think that's the same with rentals. I know some rentals are struggling right now, but if you have like a super high-end rental, even long-term that's fully furnished, you'll have no problem renting it. It is like the mid-level that is struggling. Yeah. It's super interesting. But yeah, like I think probably what we're going to see is people, a lot of people got into to Airbnb that probably shouldn't have. And I think we're going to see that come back down to earth. So yeah, like I think the people that were great operators will continue to do well, but the people that just kind of like got in at the end of the of the cycle like might be in for a rude awakening. And I was tracking the data for a while on AirDNA, like the free version of it, because I didn't want to pay <laughs> $70 a month or something. Is that how much it is? It, it might even be more. I, li- I oh, looked wow. at it and I, I felt like it was too expensive. So I'm like, I'll do, I'll do the free version. Right. But I was just tracking to see like how many Airbnbs over time um, were coming in like pre-COVID. I think Scottsdale had, it was like averaging like five to 6,000 Airbnbs per quarter. And then it just started going up and up and up, you know, after the pandemic. And then obviously we had a really big spike um, in Q1 of this year, but we had the Super Bowl, but it didn't really go back down after that either. And so now they were averaging like 9,000 Airbnbs. I just, doesn't seem like there's enough demand to have 9,000 Airbnbs in Scottsdale. Especially when we do have so many like great hotels. Exactly. And I mean, we're listing one this week that was purchased to be an Airbnb and a short-term rental and it's just struggling. 
like when I'm on the MLS, especially if someone's looking, say they're looking in like Old Town Scottsdale, almost for sure, if it has like a wall, a, a loud wallpapered wall, I'm like, and we have too many to see, I'm like, we're skipping this one. Just because nine times out of 10, they're just not well taken care of. There's so much wear and tear and there's something not great about the property. Like the one we're listing this week is actually very cute and kind of an anomaly um, and should be getting the higher rates. But I think people through pictures can't tell that it is nicer. But most of these Airbnbs that you go to, they got them for a price because they back to a major road or they have a weird funky floor plan and people were like, well, this will cash flow. No one cares about a floor plan on a rental, um, like an Airbnb and, and for resale you do. And so there are so many of those right now. So if you do want a deal, look for that, you know, loud wallpaper and that person's probably pretty motivated. Or the, the all like grass wall. Yeah, the grass walls. I don't know why they do that behind the pool. And also the um, just the back wall with the mural. You know, some are cute, but it's just like, you know, they're just really going for the bachelor party look. That's what, you know. And so some are, some are, look, some are fine, but I would say a vast majority of them just seem like there's a lot of wear and tear and not maybe the one I'd go with. It's that, it's that mid-tier, which I guess the cool kids are saying it's that mid. Oh, gosh. That mid? Mid is like mid-tier. Like, so now people call things mid. So like if you're just like average, like he's mid. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I mean, I got to say, I kind of like it. I Maybe I'll start using that. I know I like it too. Like, I even heard, <laughs> I heard like a billionaire on a podcast being like, oh, I saw all those, those people, like those mid people or something. So it must oh, be like gosh. a cool so, thing to say. So but you saw those cool. average people? Oh, God. <laughs> it, well, mostly I think this is with Gen Z that are saying that. Anyway, like the mid-tier Airbnb, like it's so easy to spot those. Oh, so easy. And they're all, it's just like the look of them to me is so cringy. I know. And we will do an Airbnb. Where did we go? Oh, we went up to Flagstaff. And so we got an Airbnb because I sometimes with the kids, they're nice because you get the multiple bedrooms. So I do like see that a little bit, but you walk in and that one we ended up getting and it was great, but you walk in a little scared because you're like, is it going to smell? What's it going to look like? Whereas like a hotel, if you get like, if you're in a semi nice hotel and something's wrong with your room, they're switching you like you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I will say with small children, the Airbnb is a really nice concept because you have a kitchen. I'm just thinking about washing bottles Yeah, in a hotel sink. It is the bane of my existence. <laughs> Anytime we go on a trip and we're at a hotel, it's horrible. We went to Canada a few months ago and it was a hotel, but it was one of those kind of like condo type of rooms. Oh, right. I had a little kitchenette and just even having that and having like somewhere to wash dishes made such the difference. Right. No, I know. So I will say though, like we've done many hotel stays where like Lola's like sleeping in the bathroom, you know, cause like we'll put her pack and play in there or something like pre gray. And at first I was like, well, this is a bummer. Cause then you kind of have to go home early, but there's something about just like getting in your hotel bed and ordering room service. It really is lovely. Mm -hmm. What do you do in a hotel with two kids then now? 
I don't know if we've done it. So we're going to try it out next week. I don't really know that we thought that through. Um, I don't know that we thought that through. We're just going to have to roll with it. I mean, worst case, like Lola can stay up later now. But yeah, we, we're just going to kind of figure it out. Usually these rooms have like a hallway. So we could probably do like one hallway, one bathroom. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I'm very excited. I just need to, I feel like our travel has been down and I just, I need to get out more. I just like, I start getting so antsy at home. I'm like, just get me out of here. Every time I say I need to get out and I get out, I'm like, get me home. I need my couch and my sink and just, I have in your sink. <laughs> I have like a tornado of a child that just gets into everything. So it's like, I need to just keep her in her little like space. Yeah. I need to be able to wash her dishes. Mostly I think when she's out of this phase, I'll be ready to go back to traveling. But right now it's like, I want to do it. But every time I do it, I'm like, Oh, this is just stress. I've always said like 12 to 18 months is like not my favorite time. It's just like, they can't communicate, but they want to. They're like walking all over. They don't listen to you. Like if you say no, they don't really get it. So yeah, it's just not my favorite stage. But I think you got to keep traveling with them because Lola's gotten so – like if we go like two months without getting on a plane, I'm like we got to get on a plane. She's got to like get back on and not lose this, the, the traveling skill that she's acquired. Mm-hmm. Have you packed yet? No. I usually pack like – either night before morning of the trip. So. Are you bringing like winter, winter attire? Well, apparently it's going to be like 30 something degrees. I know. Tonight, so, um, yeah, I'm going to have to. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I was hoping for a little bit of summer still, but I, I guess I can, I can vibe with winter. So. I think it's going to be cute and you could put cam- like a baby in like a puffy coat is so cute. Yeah. She did get some nice little things for her birthday slash things to Lola's hand-me-downs has a few oh, oh, good. things. So, yeah, so that'll be good. Nice. So, anyway. Well, we should probably wrap up. Wrap it up. Past all of our bedtimes. Yes, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it was so good chatting, and um, next week we'll get to talk about your trip. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Her House. Please be sure to rate and subscribe.